Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. The walk down Wembley Way awaits. Two teams united in name and united by their desire to scoop the first silverware of the season. Newcastle United trophyless for decades but on the rise under a new power take on a Manchester United side who have feasted on success for years but have experienced a bit of a famine of late. The tenacity of Ten Hag against the excellence of Eddie who will win Sunday's Carabao Cup final. We'll need to wait until the weekend to find out the answer to that of course but nothing's stopping us looking ahead to that showpiece under the arch. And we're going to do just that on today's Football Social Daily, an award-winning Premier League podcast from the Sports Social team. My name's Niall McCorn and I'm joined by a supporter from either camp, Marley Anderson fighting Newcastle's corner today. How are you, Marley? <laughs> you just say how are It sounds very strange it was, from my southern It was accent. like you pulled out of uh, saying how are we today and I was like, oh, <laughs> no. proper threw me then, but... Yeah, not bad. Not I don't bad. think I'll ever say that again, so uh, enjoy that. If you ever do, it's not happening. If you ever do, it'll be too soon, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, please keep that one uh, safely tucked away in, on Portsea Island or wherever you're from. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're closing in on it now. Um, getting used to the fact that Carrius is going to be starting in the final. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to it. I've, I've got no experience of, uh, well... I remember being at being at Wembley, the old Wembley in '99 and 2000, uh, when we got to back-to-back FA Cup finals. But yeah, no, no trophy then. Bit more of a chance this uh, this Sunday, but we'll have to see. Uh, have to wait and see what happens. We will wait and see indeed. Keeping the red flag flying high all the way from Sevilla. Joining us now, Michael, the Man United fan. How you doing, Michael? Yeah, man, not too bad. Thanks, not too bad. Delighted to be here. Delighted to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And as much as I'm the kind of the, the peacekeeper, the neutral, the referee, if you will, in this situation, uh, Marley is wearing his Newcastle United kit. Um, I do feel a bit bad, Michael, that you haven't got one on, but it's OK because we do we do have some representation here in the studio. Here's a 
Here's a Cheeserito kit for old time's sake to keep nice. everyone going. Um, Marley, <laughs> don't worry, I haven't. Didn't he score the? About uh, you. Oh, have you got the Stephen Taylor one there? Yeah, there it is. The there Stephen it is. Taylor for you. There it is. <laughs> Didn't uh, Chicharito Hernandez score? Was it the? Was it in the League Cup or was it the Community Shield where he kicked the ball into his own face on his debut? And scored. Yeah, that was against that was against Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. What I imagine if it was on his Best debut, finish. it would have been in the Community Shield because that's normally the oh, first yeah, silverware of, of the season. Although I have just bigged up the Carabao as being the first silverware of the season. We don't really count the Community Shield around here, do we? Anyway, let's get stuck into the big questions. I mean, the first one for me is something that I would be concerned about if I was a Manchester United fan, Michael, and that is. Are you worried that your players are going to be absolutely knackered? Because you've got this second leg against Barcelona coming up on Thursday. If that goes the distance in the knockout tie and it goes, let's just say, to extra time and then penalties, you've seen a lot of games recently and then there's another 120 minutes in the players' legs. So are you worried maybe about a bit of burnout or fatigue come Sunday? Well, it's interesting because um, Ten Hag has come out and said he's kind of welcomed the fixture congestion and he said he actually quite enjoys it, which is stark difference to the likes of Oli and, and Jose and even Arteta this season where they've kind of complained about the fixture list. Um, Ten Hag has been quite positive about it and I think I'm not really going to use it as any kind of excuse. I'd, I quite, You can see the, the rhythm in the play, which you can only really get from playing continuous football matches. And I think the, the team itself... There's a fair amount of youth in there, along with experience. And I think the likes of Casemiro, Varane, etc., I think they'll be fine. They've all, a lot of the players have done this before. If you want to play for trophies, you're going to have to play a lot of congested games. And the, I think one of the actual, be- the, not the benefit, but the World Cup wasn't as draining as a Christmas period would usually, would usually be. A lot of players actually had more of a rest than they usually would. So again, I, I'm not, I don't really see it as much of an issue, to be honest. It's interesting you say that because Eric Ten Hag in speaking to the media recently said that the players and he are in a rhythm of just playing every three days. And it's something that if you think about it, then, you know, maybe it can start to cause problems. But they are, as you say, just kind of taking it in their stride. As for Newcastle United, not as many games, Marley, but a drop off in Premier League form. And we often do see this when a club reaches a cup final that the league form tanks because of it. A lot of draws lately and then just your second loss of the season at the weekend to Liverpool. Are you worried about that form going into the cup final or are you going to make me pull out the cliche bell by saying, it's a cup final, form doesn't matter? (laughs) Well, I don't know if form matters because we've never been in a cup final (laughs) for about 20 odd years. So I'd love to say that, but who knows? It's it's the unknown for me, really. Uh, You know, I mentioned before, I think I was nine and ten the last time we got to... um, FA Cup finals, but no, with the um, the uh, the the Premier League form, I'm not as bothered about it as some people might think because the, the it coincides too much with Bruno Guimaraes's um, suspension, and you know they they put a stat up during the Liverpool game at the weekend that we haven't won a game this season in the Premier League without Bruno uh, Bruno Guimaraes, so he's back for the final. So he's he's the one that makes us tick. If if uh, Bruno had been sent off in the weekend at the weekend rather than Nick Pope, I'd be like, oh my god, that it's a it's a much bigger blow for us, I think, um, than Pope. Even though Pope is probably the probably the second or third biggest player in the team in terms of how we play, uh, probably Bruno and Trippier are the two probably most important, um, and then and then it's Pope because he's been he's been outstanding this season. Um, 
so yeah, as long as Bruno's back, you know, we can have that balance in midfield where we've struggled a little bit and injuries have hit us a little bit in recent weeks. Um, and hopefully we get Joe Willock back um, as well. Are you really concerned about Nick Pope's absence? Of course, he got sent off in that Liverpool game in rather weird circumstances, but he's not going to be able to play in the final. As you say, Dubravka, who incidentally was on loan at Manchester United earlier on in the season, he can't play because he's cup tied. So that just leaves you with Carrius. I'm sure Mike was probably rubbing his hands together at that thought, but is it filling you with dread, Marley? It's not ideal. Um, <laughs> it's not <laughs> ideal, but uh, yeah, you know, it's... It's a cup, isn't it? You always play. You, you, you're not your best keeper in the fight all the way through, don't you? So, no, um, no. I'm, look, Pope deserved, you know, to be there. You know, he's been incredible this season. Um, normally, I would be like, well, Dubravka. You'd struggle to find, I think, a better number two in the league than somebody like Dubravka. Um, but the weird way football works. Not only was he loaned out to another club, he was loaned out to the to the team we line up against. So he's in this weird situation where I think he could actually get a, a winner's medal with Man United if Man United win. And a winner's medal, I, th- I think, I assume, if Newcastle win as well. So, uh, I, I, But I don't know because he, he's not been registered, as he's in the Carabao Cup squad. So, But he was in the league, so I think he would get a, a winner's medal. It's, it's a weird situation. Uh, he's probably sat there thinking, this is the strangest match I'll ever sit and watch. Um, because he should be in goal, but he's not. He should be on the winning team, but you know he might lose and still win a medal. So that's weird. Um, but Carrius has to come in, and, and we have to remember that that before there was a time not too long ago when Carrius was was a good goalkeeper, um, and you know he went to. <laughs> Michael's how, like, how no. long back are you going? He, he, he's, <laughs> how far he's back been are you all, He's been here. all right in his career. You don't. I don't think you get a move to Liverpool back in back at that time without being uh, decent. But I think decent. the big thing here and then is crisis of confidence. The big thing here is Champions League final, right? Okay, there's no doubting that he's obviously a reasonably competent. good enough keeper to get a position in yeah. a Premier League team. Yeah, he's obviously competent yeah. enough to get a spot in a Premier League squad. But when the shining lights are upon him. The biggest game of his career, and I know the Carabao Cup final probably won't be, but the Champions League final for Liverpool, he had a shocker. He had an absolute shocker and he never lived it down. In fact, it probably ruined his career, his Liverpool career, definitely. And he's never really recovered from that. So that must be a concern. Yeah, but he also... Didn't it come out in the days after that he had a concussion as well from when Ramos... Did Ramos elbow him or headbutt him or something like that? And it turned out that he had signs of concussion or something. So, you know... Maybe, maybe that was it. He gets beat by a uh, a bail. Was it the bail bicycle kick um, in that game as well? And then the, mm. obviously he yeah, balls yeah. us up two of the goals with Benzema blocking his his rollout and uh, flapping at that bail long distance strike as well. So you know, but Gareth Bale's not playing for Man United, <laughs> so we should be all right. I'll tell you who is playing for Manchester United though, Michael, and that's Marcus Rashford. The guy is on absolute fire. Another goal at the week. Another two goals, I should say, against Leicester. Uh, the weekend in the Premier League. Nobody since the World Cup has been more productive in front of goal than he has. If you look at Newcastle's defensive statistics in the league this season, just 15 goals conceded, so very, very tight. They're not an easy side to score past. But Marcus Rashford doesn't seem to care at the moment. He's just banging goals against everyone. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's, um, I think you said, I think it was might be yesterday's show, that he is a different player. And he, he is. He's, um, he is the answer to the age-old question Man United fans have been asking I wonder what it's like if he was coached. And uh, I think that's kind of what we're seeing maybe a little bit with him at the moment. I'm, I'm curious tomorrow um, at the weekend as to going back to Carrius quickly. 
With Pope in goal, Newcastle will play quite a high line. Quite a high, high line, lots of space to exploit for the likes of Marcus Rashford, where he does his best work with space in front of him. I'm wondering if Karius comes in, or even, is it Mark Gillespie? You never know, he might get the nod. Um, it, it, it won't be no, Mark Gillespie. Um, <laughs> he's, he's shocking. But there's, there's an argument to say that the Newcastle might decide to retreat a little bit further back than they do under Pope, which would give the likes of Rashford... A bit, maybe a little more of a difficult time to exploit the space. Um, so I am intrigued to see how he'll do against this defence, but I'm just more intrigued to see how Newcastle will play tactically with a different goalkeeper in goal. Because I wouldn't be trusting Karius to come in and perform the sweeper-keeper duties of of Mr Pope. The thing, the thing with that is, though, like, we, we if, if we do play a slightly higher line, it doesn't really suit Pope. Like, he's not, he's not a natural sort of sweeper keeper which is you know we've seen it at the weekend but I mean we've we've done that all season and you know I, I said on yesterday's podcast he, he gives me a panic attack every time he comes out out of the goal but he's got away with it so far this season but then maybe it was the Liverpool effect you know it's a big game it's a good opponent you know does that play into his decision making a little bit but you know with Carrius, I think can't remember. I can't remember how Liverpool played the last time he he was in the team. To be fair, so I wouldn't say it would be it'd be interesting to see if we do go a bit deeper and try and give him a bit of protection. But at the same time, that invites more pressure onto him with with crosses and things like that. So you probably want to keep the ball away from him as much as you can. If if you are if you are not confident in your goalkeeper, you try and give him as, as you know as least uh, as you know as little as possible to do and push yourself up the pitch try and win it back higher and keep it away from in that way but we'll have to see which way we uh, we approach it but i just hope the nerves don't don't kick in and the and the tiredness does from man united side of it because hopefully barcelona will pass them around the pitch for for 90 <laughs> minutes or 120 minutes and and uh, do us a favor like that you mentioned coaching a minute ago michael i think it's clear that eddie howe has coached Newcastle excellently when you see some of the players that weren't performing under Steve Bruce that now are under his tenure and you could argue the same about Eric Ten Hag for instance Rashford it doesn't matter whether he's off the left or through the centre he's still scoring goals Luke Shaw has played as left back and as a centre back in recent matches how impressed have you been with Eric Ten Hag who is currently the only manager keeping a Premier League side fighting on all four fronts yeah hugely impressed I don't think there's a single United fan around that would have thought that you know would get to the end of February in the hunt for four trophies I say four I mean one of them to the league you know but the the patterns of play I think that's the first thing to say I can see what we're trying to do when we're going forward um I think the acquisition of Casemiro and Lissandro Martinez have made us a lot more sturdier in defense uh, Lissandro in particular has been incredible um but going forward you can see some of the football we play these days um just in flashes it's it's it's, uh, it's it's incredible to watch. It makes me actually enjoy watching the games again. It feels like there's a plan and it isn't just, again, under the Ole regime, it was more just go on chaps, go and have a good time. You know, we're Man United, by the way. That seemed to be the extent of the team talks. Whereas now there seems to be, a, there seem, there's styles of play. There, there There's clearly a game plan and it's, um, it's great to watch. Someone like Luke Shaw, for example, I mean, I'd long kind of written Luke Shaw off to a degree, kind of, uh, he was good for, I think about five weeks before he broke his leg and then he had a good World Cup for England and that's about it. And now I'm looking at him and he's just such a, he's such a dangerous outlet on the, as, as a left back. Can play centre half as well these days. Um, 
Yeah, but you, you, you go no further than Marcus Rashford. The, the, the resurgence of that guy is astonishing. And I don't think there's a player in better form in world football at the moment. The man is, he's, he's killing it. Yeah, Rashford's been amazing. And just going back to Luke Shaw, I actually forgot how serious his leg break was a few years ago until I saw a photo on Twitter yesterday of the scar up the side of his shin. But who needs the trophy more? Let's try and settle this debate. Newcastle United haven't won a trophy since, I want to say 1955, Marley. You'll probably know the statistics more than me. Um, don't you dare say the Intertoto Cup, if that's what you're going to say, is it? <laughs> you know me too well. Uh, no, it's, well, it's 1969 we won the, the Fairs Cup, which is the, you know, I think that eventually became mm. the Europa League, uh, modern day Europa But like League. domestic silverware, it's quite a while ago, isn't it? Yeah, I think you might be right with 55. I think that was the FA Cup, 55. I wasn't mm. alive then. My mum wasn't alive. So it's been ages. <laughs> My dad wasn't alive. You'd actually. struggle to find Newcastle fans who are still around that were in the stadium the day that you won the FA Cup in 1955, I'd say. Yeah, so, my, my, my dad was born in 57, so he's 66 this year. So Yeah, so in, ter- yeah. in terms of how long Ancient. it's been for a club like Newcastle, a one-club city with a massive support base, passionate supporters, big stadium, lots of history, it's been a long time since you won silverware, so I guess it would mean that you lean towards the argument that Newcastle need it more. I think we need it more. Um, I, I don't think it's even that close. I think Man United fans don't look at the Carabao Cup and go, we need that, we need that cup. They, they look at the FA Cup and they look at the Europa League um, and they even go, if we can get into a title race, that's that's probably better than winning the Carabao Cup. And, you know, I think Man United last won something in 2017, was it? The FA Cup under, under Van Gaal and... You know, that isn't that long ago, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it's fairly recent success. It's not success under this manager, and obviously it's always important to get something done under the new manager. But when you compare that to Newcastle, who haven't won a domestic trophy, you know, in, you know, you could have been born and and retired by the, by the time, in the time that it's taken. So imagine being born in, you know, like my dad, 57, he hasn't seen us win a trophy. Uh, and he's made me support the f-ing team the whole time, <laughs> you know. And I, I was born in '91 when, and when I was under, you know, understanding football for the first time, we were class. It was '95, '96. It was the entertainers. I was like, Mint, this is great, you know. We're we're class. We're gonna win trophies. <laughs> Nothing happened for God knows how long. And then we get Mike Ashley, and then we get, you know, all the ups and downs in the in the meantime, the relegations and everything like that. So. Yeah, Stephen Taylor with his winning a BAFTA for his handball against Aston Villa that, that popped up on TikTok <laughs> the other day, which was w- funny. Um, and yeah, so I think we need it. We need it way more because it brings brings in that new era um, of of the club like perfectly because we're only we're probably only a year away from people starting to say, oh well, Newcastle are, are doing well, but they've got to win a trophy sooner rather than later, otherwise the owners are going to get, you know tetchy about not winning things and they expect instant success and that type of stuff which which isn't true but it that will become the narrative around Newcastle once once the media get used to Newcastle winning more games than they lose they will be like oh well you're not winning anything you know well well you know blah 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 blah. Uh, and if we win this game on Sunday we can go we won the Carabao Cup a year into our project like that's that's big that's really big so for us it's I think it's way bigger than than Man United winning just another trophy in their long you know steeped history of of winning things it took 
Manchester City three years to win their first major trophy after being taken over by Abu Dhabi in 2008. That was the 2011 FA Cup. And so naturally parallels will be drawn between the Saudi ownership at Newcastle and the uh, Emirati ownership at uh, at Manchester City. In terms of being owned by a, a Gulf state, it's looking like that could be possible for Manchester United as well, Michael. Ironically, this final comes at a pretty poignant time in the history of the club because we know that these soft bids for potential new owners of Manchester United um, needed to be lodged by last Friday. We don't know exactly what route the current ownership will take in terms of who to sell to. But in terms of who wins this trophy on Sunday and how important it is and the timing of it, it could potentially prove quite important for your club, Manchester United, really. Uh, I, first of all, I think I think Marley's done uh, Jose Mourinho a great disservice. Uh, he did win the treble uh, a year after Van Gaal won the <laughs> FA Cup. Uh, I think you'll be disappointed you forgot about that one. It was three, it was three trophies. Um, no, um, I mean, look, let's, the Qatari ownership, that's a fun topic. Um, I, th- I think it's more important for Newcastle to win this. Um, I think as a fan base, you've been crying out for it. Um, I, I was born in 86. Obviously, football was invented in 1992. So... <laughs> All throughout my youth, Newcastle were the big spenders. Uh, they were the team, the entertainers, Alan Shearer, for goodness sake. And if you'd have said to me at that point, they'll, they literally won't win an, anything in my lifetime, I would have been amazed. And here we are. And I, you know, I went to university with a couple of Newcastle fans. I know how much this, this means to them. I know, how much, you know, Jimmy, you can, you can see it means so much. For United, it's vindication that Eric, the, the, the decision to go for Ten Hag was correct if we win it. Obviously, pretty much every pundit out there, including your the Gary Nevers of the world, said, we want Poch, we want Poch, we want Poch. A lot of United fans, including myself, were, no, no, Ten Hag is the guy we want. And it would be vindication for that type of fan if he wins a trophy in his first season. Again, it's more than anything that, I think it's more than anything I imagined this season. I just wanted us to not play horrible football. Um, so if we can you know, bag a trophy on the way, happy days. But, Regardless of what Man United do at the um, on Sunday, it's win, lose or draw. It doesn't really change anything. I think the fans are still stoked with Ten Hag. The money's going to roll in via uh, numerous horrible sources, um, and it, you know things just keep on a ticking. With Newcastle, it is that platform. It is that relief from the fans. It is that, I mean, the emotion is going to be incredible in the city if you win a trophy and get to parade it around Newcastle. What a, what a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It would be amazing for, for Newcastle, but do you think they will? That's the question, Michael. Do you think they will win it? Or surely you're back in your boys, Manchester United, to do the job? I, I look at the team and I just see too much experience. Um, I see too much experience of people winning trophies. Um, again, I go back to Casemiro. You don't win the Champions League that many times if you don't know how to win a final. Um, you've got the likes of Varane at the back. You've got De Gea's been there and done it. Luke Shaw's been there. there. There's a team full of players that have been there and done it. And I, we talked about tiredness earlier, but I think the the experience wins cup finals. Keeping your head, not getting overawed by the occasion. I think you mentioned Marley earlier on about kind of the emotion and the nerves I have a feeling that might get to the the players on that pitch who maybe haven't been in this situation before. Um, again, I but I do think it's going to come down to just who... A pro, I think it will just come down to tactics, to be honest. And I think it's a fascinating battle about how we do it because Newcastle don't concede goals. And other than the Leicester City game, we don't really score that many either unless Marcus Rashford scores some kind of solo wonder goal. So 
it's good. Whoever wins, whoever scores the first goal, I'm backing to win it. But I think if you put, you know, hand on heart, touch wood, I think it will be United. I think that's a fair analysis. Marley, how do you see it going? Well, the, the league game wasn't much to write home about um, at Old Trafford. It was nil-nil. <laughs> I think they could have been playing from... I mean, that was back in October. They could have been playing until literally right now and there wouldn't have been a goal in the game. Um, so it, it was. It proved that it was tight and you can go sort of toe-to-toe and it was a, it was a quite a physical game and tactics didn't really prevail sort of thing or they cancelled each other out, one of the two, whatever you, you want to say. But I think the... The advantage for Newcastle is being fresh and not playing Barcelona on the, on the Thursday. But the advantage for Man United that cancels that out, as as Michael said, is the experience. Um, if you go through our first team, there is pretty much only Kieran Trippier who's won anything. Um, Callum Wilson's not won much. I mean, I'm I'm discounting you know lower leagues and Golden Boot and things like that, obviously. But you know he he hasn't won much. Saint Maximan hasn't won much. Almiron, Bruno Gamares, Willock. Joel Linton, Byrne, uh, Shah, Botman. There's no, there's not anything there to to be like. Well, he'll know what to do. So I, I can't see how they're gonna react. I don't know that. There's no guarantees. Whereas with Casemiro, he's played in ten times as big a match as this. As this, you know. Same with uh, even Rashford. Rashford's won the Europa League with Man United, you know, and he's only is he twenty four, twenty five, whatever he is. So even for a young fella, and he's coming into his prime, he's experienced. He's, he knows how to win things. So I'm hoping the tiredness plays a factor, particularly late later in the game, like the second half, because I've got no doubts over Eddie Howe's tactics to be able to. It's just whether the the lads can shake off the nerves and and um, allow their sort of talent to come through a bit, because. At some point, you need to get over the line. You need to win things. Um, you, you know, you'll only win something for the first time once. Like you have to learn how to get over the line. You have to sometimes you have to just fall over the line, and it happens, and then something clicks, and all of a sudden, the next time we get to a semi-final or a final, you've got that experience of winning the Carabao Cup a couple of years ago in your back pocket. You've played in probably what is a bigger game. Um, so you need to you need to get over the line somehow, and hopefully we can. Uh, we can kick on and, and do it. It's exciting. Who's going to pick up the first silverware of the season? The Carabao Cup final under the arch at Wembley is on Sunday afternoon. And of course, on Monday's episode of Football Social Daily, we'll be reacting to that news. Uh, if Marley doesn't turn up for the podcast on Monday, you'll know the outcome of the game. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> I think that's that's a clear as indicator as any um, as to what the situation will be. Uh, but in the meantime, that is it from us on Football Social Daily. My thanks to Marley and to Michael as well. And Michael's from A Pod of Two Halves, which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And no doubt, as a Manchester United fan this season, you've been bleating to Tom and Lee, who are Everton and Chelsea fans respectively, about their their team's not so successful seasons. All I've heard for the last three or four years on this show is that the Man United dynasty is crumbling. And uh, this season, I've been able to respond with just a, a gloating face whilst I watch Everton struggle under Lampard and Chelsea just throw endless money under a under a failed Potter uh, regime. So it's been it's been a wonderful season so far. A wonderful season. <laughs> More of the chat from the lads, Michael, uh, Tom, and Lee on a pod of two halves. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. But as I say, all eyes on that Carabao Cup final on Sunday. That's it from us. We'll catch you next time on FST. Football Social Daily is a Voice Work Sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.